eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake. Joined, as always, by Gabby Purutia, and it is Virginia week. It is Wednesday, so we are going to record our Virginia preview because it is a Thursday night game. 7.30, Hard Rock Stadium, televised on ESPN, but you all already know that. Uh, So let's just jump into it, Gabby. I guess let's start with just... I guess the newsy stuff first from the mm-hmm. Virginia side. Um, and this is all stuff from the Virginia 24 seven site, Wahoos 24 seven. I would recommend checking out their content leading up to this game. If you all already haven't, uh, they relayed, this is from Tuesday's practice. So running back Wayne Taula Papa, who is their primary running back. He was out for the Wake Forest game, I believe due to a concussion, if I have that right. Um, I I guess he was reportedly dressed for Tuesday's practice. So you never know with concussions, but looks like he could be a go this week. Um, It was also reported tight end Jelani Woods, the creative player tight end that is six foot seven, 265 pounds. Um, he was in a walking boot, I guess, in Tuesday's practice, I guess he was also wearing that boot post game. Um, it's hard to know what to make of that quite frankly, because sometimes a walking boot can be precautionary, um, you know, in terms of just keeping weight off a foot, et cetera, there's clearly an issue there, but is he out for the game? I think that's to be determined. And I guess also linebacker Hunter Stewart was in a boot on Tuesday as well. Hunter Stewart is, he started the last three games at linebacker. So if he's unable to go, their linebacker depth takes a hit and we'll get into it more, but Virginia's run defense has definitely been an issue there. Um, I, I would assume Gabby, the most interesting nugget of those three in your opinion, would be Jelani Woods, correct? Yeah, no, it definitely would be. Um, yeah, I think he's a freaky talent, man. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that they go to a lot in this offense. So 
you know, I think it would eliminate a potential mismatch if he's not able right. to go or if he's limited, um, you know, to not have a guy like that at 100 percent is uh, is uh, potentially a, a positive. If you're Miami, if you're Manny Diaz game planning and you're like, hey, we don't have to worry about that six foot seven monster that's uh, going to catch a bunch of passes and stuff, um, you know, that's that's just one less threat that Brennan Armstrong would have. So, you know, that would that definitely wouldn't hurt Miami. I am expecting him to play, but you know, maybe he will not play. Let's, let's flip to the Miami side. Right. And and I think what we need to address, I mean, we don't have necessarily anything to report, right? So this is all just kind of opinion based, but quarterback, I think in, in our Monday podcast, we kind of projected that we would expect dear King to be held out this week. Um, and so Tyler Van Dyke would likely start. Maybe that also means uh, Jake Garcia getting worked into the mix as well. I'll let you answer first. Is this what you still expect here Wednesday afternoon, about 24 hours until kick? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a hundred percent how I expect things to go on Thursday. I, I wouldn't expect the air King to, to dress at this point. Um, I'm, I'm just skeptical about his status even coming off this. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the situation just continues to play out, um, you know, just throughout the the rest of the season, he just even going into the bye and all that stuff. It's going to be interesting to see if he's ready to go after North Carolina uh, into North Carolina, but I definitely don't expect him to go on, on Thursday. Yeah. I, I, you know, we haven't been out at practice this week. You know, it, it is a short week. And so, there was no media viewing allowed this week, conveniently during a week where Derek's status is in question, right? Um, so if you're, if you are, I don't know about conspiracy theory, but it definitely raises concerns or questions as to is that a reason why we did not have media viewing this week? I think it's fair to ask those questions from a media perspective. Um, you know, look, I would never, ever count Derek King out, but I would probably say it's doubtful. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of expect to see Tyler Van Dyke. And frankly, I, I would expect to see Jake Garcia at some point during the game as well. Um, I also think, too, just logically, it makes sense. If Derek is able to go at some point during the season, I think it makes sense to continue to rest him. Uh, you know, Miami has a bye week after Virginia, and then they play North Carolina. That game, I believe, I think it's like 16 days worth of rest in between those games. So obviously, if Derek King is playing, he's going to get hit. He is just, he is a quarterback that gets hit a lot because he runs around a lot. Um, so I think, and also too, I think internally, I think people believe Miami has a chance to still win this game, even with the backup quarterbacks. Um, and, and we'll get into that here in this podcast as to why that might be. So I think logically too, it makes sense to continue to rest him for a big game against North Carolina. Now, if De'Aaron King is pounding the table and gets the approval from the training staff that he's good to go, I would assume Manny Diaz will play him, but I don't know. Judging from what we saw at the game, it, it looked like that was going to be 
far away in terms of him being cleared to throw a football, just the way he was holding his shoulder on the sidelines and in pregame. Let's transition to the betting line thoughts, Gabby, because this is growing um, throughout the week in favor of Miami being viewed as a stronger favorite. I think it, it opened at three points, right? And it is now at five and a half. Miami is a favorite. The over under is currently 62 and a half. Um, so of those two bets, which one would you make if you had to make a bet? Um, yeah, definitely give me the under all day. Um, you know, the last three meetings between these two, I mean, the total, the game total has, has been 33, 26 and 29. Like that has been the game sure. total of these last three matchups. You know, I, to, I understand who Virginia has been this, this year. Um, I also have watched Miami and Virginia play a lot of football against each other. Um, I, I'm not convinced that this game gets to 62. Um, I think, I mean, of those two, I definitely like the under better, uh, the, you know, the spread right now, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm encouraged that Miami's sort of pulling away there, but uh, I, I just feel like I'm still in wait and see mode on that spread. I'm, I'm not sure. super convinced on that either way, really. Um, but that under is what I'm sort of liking right now. That's interesting. Cause, and I, you make good points as to why the under is a, is a solid bet. I would go over just because of what we've seen from what these teams are this year. Right. I think both teams have defenses that have really struggled going into this game. Now they can both turn it around and, you know, as you are alluding to in recent years, they've been pretty good defenses, both Miami and Virginia. I'm just not sure that's the identity of these, this year's teams on both sides. And I think if it is the def, like if we see on Thursday night, the defense of Miami that we've seen all season long and the defense we've seen from Virginia all season long, I think it's going to go over 62 and a half. Now I will say in general, you know, a betting, uh, you know, betting experts will say in general, bet unders because fans just love to bet overs just because they hope for points, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe that's what I'm doing here. Um, but I do expect, I do, I, I would be surprised if both teams, I think the potential is there for both teams to score in the thirties based on what we have seen from them through these first four games. Yeah. I mean, just like my thing with, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like, all right, so in the Michigan State game, like through three quarters, I feel like Miami's defense wasn't that bad. I mean, I feel like it really pulled away at the end. So, sure. I mean, I feel like if Miami plays, I feel like Miami's best defensive ball probably would, again, not not saying that Virginia won't score and all that stuff, but I feel like Miami, if Miami comes out and plays, you know, solid defense, like I guess they've shown flashes of, I feel like they, they can – Again, maybe not contain Virginia to, uh, but I think I, I don't know. I feel like I'm really feeling. Yeah. Like and to your here. point, I do think Miami's defense matches up, you know, pretty well against Virginia's offense because Virginia doesn't have much of a traditional run game. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's where Miami really struggles is with team when teams can run the ball with success and then build a passing game off of that. And we'll get into that here moving forward, but that's really not Virginia's identity on offense this year. So that brings us to the keys to the game for Miami. 
Let's just have a, an open conversation maybe on some things that we think are important for Miami to accomplish if they are going to be victorious. I'll let you lead off here. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, I mean, if Miami wants to, again, we're talking about this Virginia offense, Brennan Armstrong, 1,700 yards on the year, 13 touchdowns, one of the, the best passing offense in the country right now. I mean, I, I just think you, I think one of the big things is just getting to Brennan Armstrong, making him yes. uncomfortable in the top, in the pocket. I mean, you look at the Wake Forest game, uh, you know, last week that they played, uh, Wake Forest collected nine tackles for loss and six sacks. Virginia scored 17 points. Even in the their other loss against North Carolina earlier this year, you saw three sacks, six tackles for loss. You compare that to the wins that they've had, and it's against Illinois, zero sacks, four tackles for loss. They end up winning that game big. William & Mary, which I guess it's hard to measure where that even matters, one sack, six tackles for loss. So I think getting to Brennan Armstrong and making him uncomfortable is right. probably one of the keys to the game for Miami. You want to see that pass rush sort of come to life. And uh, I'm looking at you, Jafari Harvey. I'm looking at you, Chance right. Williams. I mean, if I have to look at you, I guess I'll look at you too, Zach McLeod. But um, oh, yeah. you know, I think we got, a, we got a couple guys. Elijah Roberts, hey, maybe welcome to the party. Yep. But, um, you know, I, I think getting to I think getting to Brendan Armstrong is going to be a big one in, in this one. I agree. That's definitely a big key. Um, and, and it's interesting, too, because Virginia's offensive line is looking to bounce back significantly from that Wake Forest performance. I know, like, on the TV broadcast for that game, you know, if you watch it, they mentioned that Bronco Mendenhall feels like this is the best offensive line he's had as the head coach at Virginia. It is a veteran group. It's a group with a ton of experience, a ton of starts, similar to Miami, right? Like Miami's experienced as well on the offensive line. So we will see if Virginia can bounce back on the offensive line. If they can't, certainly that helps Miami get the pressure going. Building on your point, because I agree, that's one of the keys I have too, Gabby. Um, you know, I, I think you could make the argument that stylistically there are similarities between Brennan Armstrong and Alabama's Bryce Young in terms of their guys that are deep ball hunting. They, they have their, their eyes downfield a lot and they are not afraid to push the ball deep. And that means they hold on to the ball longer, um, you know, to accomplish those types of throws. And Miami in, in that Alabama game, they generated 35 quarterback pressures as a defense against Young, which is an, an insane amount. So for instance, just for reference, like 20 pressures is a lot in a game, in a single game. So they got 35 on Bryce Young, only got him on the ground one time for a sack. So Miami has to get home against a similar quarterback that is not afraid to push the ball deep. Brennan Armstrong leads the country in deep ball attempts and deep ball completions coming into this game. So he holds onto the ball a lot. You got to hold onto the ball to push the ball downfield. And also too, he has that escapability from the pocket that we saw Bryce Young have um, in that opener. And Miami just has to find a way to get Brennan on the ground they weren't really successful in doing that against Bryce Young. And, you know, look, if you look at the Michigan State and the App State games, I don't think the pass rush was very notable, partly because those quarterbacks 
got the ball out quick. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case this week. And so the pass rush does need to step up and get home. And I agree, Jafari Harvey, time to step up. In that game, in that Alabama game, he had six pressures. And, you know, if, if a defensive lineman gets three pressures, that's considered a lot. Um, since then, in the three games since, he's totaled three pressures. So this is an opportunity for Jafari Harvey to get going. I'll bring up a key, too. I think you would agree, Gabby, like I'm expecting Virginia's offense to to score points and move the ball right against this Miami defense, which I still don't know what to make of them in terms of I don't think they're very salty. Uh, They're just kind of average, I guess I would say so far, maybe even below average if you account for their tackling woes. Um, So I think it's important in this game. For this, when you have an average defense or a below average defense, you got to generate some turnovers. Um, and so we haven't necessarily seen this defense generate turnovers. Again, you're going to have a quarterback that holds onto the ball a lot. Maybe a strip sack is possible. Um, you know, he pushes the ball downfield a lot. Maybe a safety can make a play on a ball or a corner. I think they got to generate a couple turnovers in this game in order to get Virginia off the field um, because I'm not so sure Miami's defense is good enough to go three and outs, you know, for Mm -hmm. as much as we have seen in the Manny Diaz era. Yeah. And I think it's the, I can't remember now, like just, I watched the North Carolina and the Wake Forest game for Virginia, but I think it was North Carolina that, you know, I think he's, they, there was a, like a mishandled handoff, that right. Brandon Armstrong fumbled. And then I think they got him once on a strip sack too, where he fumbled the ball uh, when he right. got sacked. So I do think that, you know, while he is sort of like, you know, I feel like he's, I feel like he's very cool with the ball. Like he just looks yes. like he's ready to like, you know, he just handles the ball well, but I feel like at the same time he can, he could also be a little bit loose with it. Um, so, you know, I do think that there is opportunity there uh, to get, you know, Armstrong to fumble the ball. If you do hit him, um, you know, they do run a little bit of weird handoff sets at times where they kind of like bring someone in motion. And I, I think, right. it, it, I think there is possible, there's, I feel like there's a margin for error uh, for them to sort of lose the ball, but yeah. And then again, he's thrown three picks on the year. Miami obviously hasn't been super great at forcing those, you know, turnovers right. through the air. But, um, you know, I do think that they're, that, that, that would be a huge win for Miami if they're able to turn the ball over once, twice, you know, just potentially right. get some momentum that way. Not saying that, it needs to be a 2017 Miami defense right. that creates four turnovers, five turnovers. Just give steal your offense possessions. a couple of, yes, just steal yeah. a couple of possessions and allow that to build momentum into the offense. What other keys do you have? I mean, I want to see them run the ball better, man. I mean, this is Agreed. a Virginia defense that, you know, hundred they're ranked 113th in rushing defense. They're giving up over 200 rushing yards per game. Um, you know, Cam Harris, hopefully he needed a confidence game and maybe you know, despite right. the fact that it was Central Connecticut, maybe you get a little bit of that. Um, you know, you're adding Jalen Knighton into the mix, and I know the coaches have been excited about, you know, the fact that he brings something different. So, you know, can you integrate him into the offense and get him rolling if, you know, Cam Harris struggles some? But, you know, I do think that there's an opportunity here for, you know, for Miami to run the ball better. Uh, I do think that would help out a first-time starter. I mean, not really. Absolutely. I mean, I feel I'm, I'm going to call Tyler Van Dyke a first time starter yes. because I'm not ready to call he that is. central Connecticut game. Like, you know, I think that helps your quarterback. 
uh, in these types of situations. So, you know, I definitely want to see Miami run the ball better. I do think that there's a chance to, um, you know, a couple of these teams have were able to do it at a high level. North Carolina absolutely was with, uh, you know, with Ty Chandler and Caleb Hood and a couple of those guys. Um, you know, Wake Forest was able to get it going as well. So I do think that there, I do think that this is a game for Miami to potentially take that next step and, uh, you know, chew clock, get into their, get into their offense, get it up tempo, get it to the tempo that you want and just right. really just move it. Yeah, I agree. We're, we're like-minded there. That was a key for me as well. You know, you mentioned North Carolina, the Tar Heels ran for 392 yards. We know what that looks like against them. Uh, Wake Forest ran for 203 yards. And, and just from those two games, it, it did seem like Virginia struggled with RPOs, you know, defending the run in those looks. Um, and, and it looked like, too, like once once North Carolina and Wake Forest found tempo, found a rhythm due to the run game, that Virginia defense in general looked tired and gassed, I thought. So, uh, and you mentioned it too. The key, in my opinion, like why is this Miami offense not clicking yet? It's because there's, they've been so one-dimensional here at the start of the year. They can't establish the run on early downs. And when that happens, uh, you can't get into your tempo, right? The, the tempo of this offense is based on uh, getting the run game going. So if Miami can't run the ball on this team, it's definitely not a good sign moving forward for the rest of the ACC slate. This is probably either them, either Virginia, Florida State, or Duke are going to be your worst run defense teams moving forward. Um, and so again, if they can't get it going this week, that's a bad sign. Also too, I mean, look, Tyler Van Dyke, not a run threat, but it was noticeable that um, Sam Howell and Sam Hartman, the North Carolina and Wake Forest quarterbacks, I feel like they had some success on some quarterback keepers, um, you know, in the read option. So if Van Dyke can be a sneaky threat, pick up a couple first downs with his legs, that would definitely frustrate the Virginia defense as well. Let's move on to what worries us most about Virginia. I mean, for me, I mean, it's gotta be the passing attack, man. I mean, you got, tell me this, what, yeah. cause you were texting me last night, you were watching Virginia. What impresses you most about Brennan Armstrong? Cause it seemed like you didn't expect him. Like, I think you knew he was good, but maybe he was better than you expected. Tell me why. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, it's just kind of like just a willingness to push the ball down the field. Like, I just like, you know, I was watching the game. With, I was watching some of these games with my dad because I was celebrating my mom's birthday at, at my parents' house. And he was just like, he was telling me about like the Gino Toretta days. He's like, man, like I want a Heisman just throwing it up to his playmakers. Like, it looks like this is what this guy is doing. Like, he's just willing to push the ball down the field and give his right. receivers a chance to make a play. Like, sometimes, you know, it's just about, you know, actually having the willingness to just throw it up there and you know it seems like he's a guy that you know maybe that can get him in trouble at some points you know it hasn't really yet but uh you know just the the like his instinct is push the ball down the field push the ball down the field he's not looking for the check downs he's not looking to gain five or six yards like if there is a shot to take I feel like he's gonna take it and yes. I think in that way that 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 provides a huge challenge to Miami secondary that I'm not sure has responded very great to those situations right. in the past so, you know, I think it's a, I think it's gonna be a great challenge on, you know, the, 
you know, on, on Tyreek Stevenson, on Corey Couch, on, you know, DJ Ivy, Al Blades, those types of guys. Like, are you going to be able to, are you going to be able to go into this game knowing that you will be tested? Like you are going to be tested. That's going to be a fact. Are you going to be able to win those balls? And, you know, that's where my biggest question comes in is just like, you know, how successful this. is he going to be doing that? Do you have, like, if you're Miami and, and with Miami's personnel, let's say Gabby is the defensive coordinator against this Virginia team, would you play a bend but don't break style, just zones and try and keep everything in front of you? Or do you trust this back seven on islands? I don't trust this back seven on islands. I would, I would probably play something similar to maybe like what Michigan state played against us, where you just try to keep everything in front of you. I do think you're athletic enough to maybe like, if you give yourself the space to, you know, make a play on those types of balls or at least just defend them better. But I would not feel comfortable with Miami playing like, you know, press coverage, like dare you to beat me deep. Like I am not trying to play those games uh, with Brennan Armstrong because okay, maybe he doesn't hit all of them, but he's going to throw them and, you know, you're going to find your guys. I mean, they have, they have five receivers that I've caught for over 200 yards this year. Like it's not yeah. just like they have one weapon that can do it. Like they have the Dontavian Wicks who's caught for 22 for four sixty four touchdowns. That's their guy, but you got four other guys that you got to worry about that are capable of, of big yardage and just making plays. So, you know, I, I would definitely try to keep everything in front of me, you know, almost like force them to try to like run the ball or just take advantage of like, you know, the, you know, favorable boxes or anything like that and just try to you know just try to keep everything in front of you man i'm i'm genuinely worried about how that sort of plays out do you think because i think armstrong is an nfl draft guy i don't know what round right that's for them to figure out but i think he's a guy that's certainly going to get drafted in the nfl draft whenever that is for him uh would you agree with that yeah i, I could see him being maybe like a later round i'm not sure if he's like a if he's going to just cause the lefty quarterback thing. And, you know, I don't know. I could see him being drafted for sure though. And, and what you touched on their weapons a little bit, the Dontavian wicks kind of their top deep threat outside. Mm -hmm. I think he's averaging 20 yards a catch. Yeah. Billy Kemp slot guy, shifty, quick game. They get him the ball in space. Uh, Kite and Thompson, very interesting player. Cause he's yeah. a backup quarterback, six, four, two, 10, but they definitely use him in the pass game as a receiver and, yeah, and, and as a runner. Mm -hmm. And he wears 99, which is like super weird too. So just like <laughs> a weird, just a weird guy to have and, on the field. And Jelani Woods, right? The tight end. So that group, that skill group, what are your thoughts on them? Are they dangerous or is it a product of Brennan Armstrong being a good player? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I know Ke Keon Thompson, like, he was a guy that they had last year, too, that he was a part of, like, the mix over there. Um, you know, I do think that these are, like, skilled players. But, yeah, I mean, I do feel like Brendan Armstrong has a lot to do with this, too. I mean, credit to those guys, too, for, you know, fought, like, you know, allowing him to make these plays, coming down with some tough catches. Uh, you know, I yeah. feel like they've done that. I do think Billy Kemp, like you, like you mentioned, David, I think he works really well in space. You know, I think he's able to, do, like, sort of be, like, a reliable sort of go-to guy for – for Brendan Armstrong and, you know, the rest of the guys just sort of compliment him well too. I mean, Rashawn Henry's another guy, I mean, 13 right. catches, 224 yards. And, you know, he has a touchdown this year too. So a guy that again, like, you know, he has like the ability to make sort of plays in this offense. So you got to be able to cover five guys, you know, you on any given play, they right. have multiple weapons that they can, that they can use. And Keon Thompson, you got to kind of worry about him. They're creative. In the yeah. Super creative with the way they move around and sort of motion too. And, things like that. I, I, you got to be on your toes. Like you got to be ready to play 
Like you can't get caught flat footed. You can't get caught on your heels or anything like that. Cause these guys will, will find a way to, to creatively make you pay for whatever sort of looks you show them. So even if Miami does for that bend, but don't break sort of system, I do think that they have the type of guys that can also sort of eat you down, like, you know, just sort of chip right. away the field and all that stuff. So speaking to that point, you know, Michigan state, part of the tackling issues were those quick passes to the perimeter mm-hmm. and, and Miami's inability to tackle in the alley. Right. So that would be a guy like a Billy Kemp, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kite and Thompson is another guy who they use in the quick game. So Miami's tackling is going to, I'm sure Virginia watched that Michigan state game and I'm sure Virginia will look to test Miami in that phase tackling in space in the quick game on the perimeter. Uh, so that's something to watch. I also think too, you know, we we've touched on Jelani Woods, the tight end. If he is able to go this week, it's going to be, the, you know, Miami faced a pretty good tight end in week one against Alabama and Cameron Latu, And he frankly kind of ate them up, right? He had two touchdowns, I think only 40 yards, but situationally Cameron Latu made plays for Alabama and Miami did not do a good job against the tight end in that game. It will be interesting if Jelani Woods is a go, uh, how Miami responds to another good player at that tight end position. Um, just something to, to look out for. Again, Jelani Woods has scored a touchdown in each one of the last three games. Um, he's putting up pretty good numbers for the tight end position thus far. Uh, guy that needs to step up for Miami. Give me your, give me your guy. Man, I'll, I mean, I'll stick on the offense side. I'm going to go Cameron Harris. You know, again, okay. I, I do think that getting the offense rolling is, is huge here. Um, you're probably going to have to score with them, you know, if you, if you want to like win this game. Um, so I think a lot of that's going to sort of fall back on the run game and again, helping his quarterback go. So I'm looking at Cameron Harris, whether that's in the running game or just like, you know, the short passing game, just on him to just be productive. And then, you know, I, I'm as the running back one, which I think he's probably going to be even with Jalen Knighton back. So I'm going to be looking at Cameron Harris and seeing, you know, can, can you get this thing sort of rolling? Like, can you sort of find your groove against this defense that struggles? Like if you're, if you're going to do it, it's going to be this week. If it doesn't happen this week, I mean, I don't know what to say about the running game the rest of the way. It's not going to get any easier good. than, yeah. uh, than it is right now. So I'm looking at Cameron Harris to, you know, sort of pick up where he left off last week and play with some confidence, play with some swagger and just sort of, you know, do some damage. Like we've seen did him do you, in the past at times. Did you think about or consider going with Jalen Knighton instead? I don't know, man. I, I just feel like I got to, I just feel like the running game in general has been so like, it just hasn't been good enough. So like, I don't want to just say this first time, like this guy's just like, you know, Jalen, while I think he's a great player and while I think he can do a lot of things really well, like I'm not ready to just throw him in there and say like, you know, he's the guy that I, that we sure. that Miami really needs to, to step up in order to win this game. Like I'm still looking Cam at Aaron Harris as the, yeah. as the running back one. Cam will start. I agree. Yeah. Um, I will go with Jafari Harvey. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like we already touched on it that, the reasons why he's got to put pressure on Brennan Armstrong. Um, he did it in week one. Hasn't really done it since probably because the other teams have been getting the ball out quick, but Harvey, I, he is tied for the team lead lead. I believe with two sacks and he's got to get one at least this week to knock Virginia off schedule and try to rattle Brennan Armstrong. Uh, potential player of the game. 
Yeah, I mean, I might go opposite of of Jafari Harvey, like just sticking with the defensive ends. I mean, I like what I've seen from Chance Williams at times. I think he's flashed. Um, you know, he's going to kind of be the blindside guy for a lot of the game, you know, coming off that backside edge for the lefty. Um, I think he could be someone that, you know, could potentially have a, a good game in this one. Uh, again, I think the pass rush, David, just like we've mentioned a ton, I think that's important. I think Jafari Harvey has an argument too, but just for the sake of just another guy in the pass rush, I think I'd probably go like, let's see if Chance can come out here and have that sort of like, again, not comparing him to Greg Russo, but that sort of Greg Russo breakout game where it's like, all right, like here you are, or like welcome to the rotation, sure. like welcome to sort of being that guy. I think Chance Williams has a chance to to take that step and sort of be that dude. I'll go Mike Harley. I think, you know, against North Carolina and Wake Forest, the slot receivers had some success against uh, the Virginia defense. This is a game where Mike Harley needs to step up too. You know, we, we talk about Kim Harris. I think Mike Harley is in a similar boat in terms of guy who hasn't really uh, played up to even last year's level, let alone uh, taking the next step from last year. Uh, but I do think that Central Connecticut State, they clearly tried to get the ball in his hands to build that confidence. Mike Harley, this is a chance for you to have a good game. So, you know, lots of yards after the catch, lots of big play opportunities. Hopefully he can get it done. Let's go over-unders set by yours truly. Virginia quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, 300 passing yards this week. Again, he's averaging 420. This might be an easy one, I guess, but yeah. still 300 passing yards is, is always a lot. Um, what are you expecting? I mean, I'll probably go over, like you said, he's been over um, every game this season. I'm looking at his 2020 line right now. He went under 300 yards of pretty decent amount of times. Actually, he only went over 300 yards once. Wow. What a year he's having then. Um, yeah. He's yeah. taking the next step. And he's definitely also, taking the next step. I think the weapons around him are better too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would ex- probably expect him to, you know, just sort of continue on that. I would hopefully let say less than 400, which is what he's done against every power five opponent this year. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping it's under 400, uh, but uh, let's see. Let's see. I would, I would comfortably I'll take the over, over too. That's yeah. probably an easy line I set, but 300 yards. Easiest, that might be the easiest line you've ever set. You've been really good with the lines. Yeah. Too. 300 yards be, is, is still a lot, but yeah. Virginia doesn't, situation. <laughs> they don't really look to run the ball either. So yes. take the over on that one. Uh, over under one and a half turnovers forced by Miami in this game. Man, I'm, I might go under, unfortunately. I'm oh. probably going to go under. Yeah. Yeah, I probably am too, actually, yeah. unfortunately. I don't want to. I want to say I want to be like the glass half full guy. It's like, yeah, they turn it over, but I'm not super certain about that. Over, under, 175 rushing yards for Miami as a team in this game. I yeah. think I'm- Virginia's allowing 203 rushing yards per game mm-hmm. this year. So I set it at 175, which Miami hasn't really accomplished this year, I don't think. Um, yeah. What do you think? Um, I'm, I might go over. Um, I think nice. that this. I, I think that this is a. I think there's a chance, man. I think there's a chance. I agree. Um, you know, I feel like if I'm going to be pessimistic about the defense, I got to be optimistic about the offense. So 
let's go Cam Harris, Jalen Knighton, help out with TVD and Jake Garcia, and they get the they get the run game going. I'll go under. Uh, I think you know Virginia doesn't have the greatest pass rush, but if Tyler Van Dyke is starting, there's a chance for sacks to pile up just because mm-hmm. he's not as mobile as Derek King. Also, too, I need to see it before I believe it at this point with the run blocking from the offensive line. Hasn't been good enough. All right. Are you ready to make your score prediction, Gabby? Do you, <laughs> who do you want to go first on this? You can, you can take it. So, yeah, I, I am going to go Virginia 35, Miami 31. So I am basing this just on what we have seen so far this year. And honestly, what we have seen so far this year, both teams are not very good. Um, you know, is the, is the potent, is Miami the more talented team? Absolutely. Um, I look at it this way though, to this point, Miami, and this is against FBS opponents. So we're not even addressing central Connecticut state. To this point, Miami has not looked good on offense or defense, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't get over the tackling issues from Michigan State. So that's a phase where I need to see it um, before I kind of believe in this defense again. The blocking issues are still there on offense, too, in terms of the run game. And also, too, if Derek King is not playing, you know, I, I don't think that's an insignificant thing, right? Okay. I, I, I understand the fan base is, is wanting to see t- more Tyler Van Dyke, and I do think Tyler Van Dyke is good. But I also think Derek King is better. And if, if Miami had a healthy Derek King in this game, I would probably pick Miami. I just think... You know, a young quarterback making his first start against a power five opponent, potentially. Um, it's hard for me to go all in on that. In addition to all the issues on defense, in addition to an offensive line that is inconsistent, in addition to skill players that are dropping passes and a run game that is non-existent. Um but again, if, <laughs> I was about to say that like we, we can keep going, right? Like, we can just keep on going here. <laughs> but you could also make the argument: Can Miami play worse? And and I don't think they can. So there is room for growth for Miami. Like I do think this team has has a level to them that we have not seen yet. Right? They're definitely playing poorly. Can they put it together a little bit better against Virginia and win this game? Absolutely. I'm just not trafficking in hope right now, I guess. I need to see it. Um, And and look, Virginia has not been good either. Their defense has been atrocious. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have a run game either. But what they do have is a highly productive quarterback who's playing as well as any quarterback in the country right now outside of maybe Matt Corral of, of Ole Miss, right? Um, that's, that's nothing to overlook the quarterback advantage in my opinion. Um, so I am going to give the edge to Virginia 35, 31. Hope I'm wrong. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to 
continue to pour on some bad news, David. Uh, I'm also going to take Virginia in this one. I'm going to go 31-27 uh, with the Cavaliers winning. I mean, just a lot of the reasons that you said, like, I don't want to just like sort of rehash right. everything, but to me, it's just, you know, I don't think Virginia is a good team. I think that there's a lot of things that they are not good at. I think that they are a very poor tackling team as well, uh, just based on some of the things that they showed against North Carolina, Wake Forest. Um, you know, I don't think that their running game is all that special. Um, but what they can do well is a lot better. Like what they do at a high level is a lot better than anything Miami does best. And that's where I think there's a separation here. Like what Brennan Armstrong could do moving the ball down the field. Um, what he's just been able to just, I mean, 1700 yards through four games, like that's kind of ridiculous. Miami doesn't have anything close to that. Um, so I just feel like at least Virginia has a unestablished product of what they know they can do and i'm not sure miami has anything that they can sort of lean on lean on right now and say you know if all else we got this i feel like virginia has like if anything else if everything else goes wrong we know we got this and i think that's i think that's enough to win a game like this again i think miami can turn it on at any time and let's if miami comes out and plays probably b plus football i think that they could probably win this game but i'm Absolutely. not sure that we've seen that from them and uh, again, just sort of being in wait and see mode, uh, I'll probably give the advantage to Virginia right now. But um, again, I could see Miami winning this game and, uh, you know, us coming out, just us sitting in the parking lot of Hard Rock Stadium at sometime close to midnight talking about how, hey, you know what, this team, uh, you know, played a good game tonight. I, I can easily yeah. see that happening in like, you know. It's hard to predict this Miami team because yeah. they've been all over the place, right? And can it come together? Absolutely. Um, let's, let's talk about what it might look like if Miami wins, right? So we've touched on some of this stuff already, but I think, you know, Virginia's defense is the worst FBS defense that Miami will have played up to this point, right? So what does that mean? Miami gets the run game going, fair to say? Yeah. Miami, uh, eliminates the drops, fair to say? Yeah, it could happen. Uh... Miss tackles, no mm. longer an issue, correct? Yeah, I mean, that, that would be tough. But yeah, I mean, I think that that could, I don't know. They're going to have to tackle. That's what it will take for a Miami. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what it's going to have to take. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then also to um, the pass rush, right? Get some sacks and, and turnovers. So those are the things Miami has to do to get the win. And uh, we will see if they can get the job done again. I think Gabby and I both hope we are wrong, but we will always shoot you straight on this podcast with what we think. Um, so again, Thursday night game, ESPN, 7.30 kick, Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, should be a fun game. And hopefully in the instant reaction, we are talking about a Hurricanes win. So till next time, everyone take care. And uh, thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.